Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Whoa, what's going on, everybody? Another episode of Doctor Homebrew already. Jeez, look at the time. Time just flies. We're halfway through 2024 already, it feels like, even though it's only yeah. January 31st. And uh, well, Downhill from yeah, here. Going downhill from here, everybody. There is no homebrew. I got some good news and bad news. The bad news is there's no homebrew today on the show, but the good news is we have a couple of really rad beers to talk about. I went to, um, I mean, there's a long-form version of this conversation, which I can get to if you need to, but... Uh, Let's just jump to the end where I went to a, the Asian market near us the other day and I was buying uh, mushrooms of all things. And I'm like, okay, everywhere I'm at, every every market, every little bodega, every every place that has beer, you always got to walk by and see what's going on. What kind of stuff do they sell? I'm interested to see like um, not even the buying patterns of the general public because I think for the most part the general beer public is stupid and they're just going to buy, they're going to see whatever's on the shelf and they're going to think that that's all that there is. And so they have a choice from there. So I don't really consider what's on display as like what's popular. It just means whatever the distributor can get in and the buy, the beer buyer at the place doesn't know what the fuck they're doing and, you know, whatever, right? So um, anyway, I run through those and I, and I, I was at the, the Asian market and I was like, uh, I saw this beer and it said Schwartz on it. And I was like, what the fuck? And it had a bunch of like Japanese, I don't know, kanji, I guess, or whatever. So I pick it up. It's Baron, B-A-E-R-E-N. And I pick it up and I bring it home and I wait a couple days and I crack it. And this thing was fucking good. It was like a very, very, very good, to me, version of a Schwartz beer. Like you couldn't, you can't get better than this. And it's imported from Japan, like brewed in Japan, right? And so the fact that it traveled all the way over here doesn't taste like absolute dick. Um, I was really impressed with it. So I went back and I got some more. I got a bottle of that and a bottle of their classic, which apparently is like a Dortmunder export or whatever. Um, although it says none of that on the bottle. I had to like look it up on <laughs> on their website. Um, but I wanted to put the bottles in front of you guys too. And I wanted to get your feedback on it because you examine these styles professionally, basically. I just drink them and go, that's cool, man. Where's there more? Where's another one? Um <laughs> But I'm I'm interested to know the Japanese take on German styles. You know, we've had some like the yeah. Japanese, a lot of Japanese beers I've had are like wheat beers or that kind of German style, but they do their own taste, their own twist on things, right? But this to me is very classic, very traditional, very you know, nailing it, nailing it. So I wanted to to throw these guys in front of you and and we should talk about them. That's our first segi. Uh, what do you think? You guys excited for that? I'm pretty excited. And, do we you know, I have gotta, another I, choice? No, you don't. <laughs> okay. And I got to ask you, you know, do you know what the country code for Japan is, the two-letter country code? Uh, if it's not 69, I'll be pissed. 
JP. Oh, hell. oh well, yeah, okay. I thought you meant the. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. The well, two country goes JJP, man. Yeah. So it's appropriate that you found these beers and brought them to us to Dude, drink for the show. I'm excited. Should we do the classic first? I think that would let's make sense. It. Okay, let's open the classic first. Here's the classic. And then they're in like kind of stubby bottles. They're really cute. They almost look like um, Duval bottles or whether it's a German brewery that uses or Belgian brewery that uses these kind of like flared, you know, almost uh, like uncircumcised bottles. <laughs> these are like the ones like those little what like was it Guldendrock or some yeah, of those like yeah, the yeah, 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 like yeah, the yeah. Belgians come in yeah. and I got my space thing going I could maybe take the space thing off but no fuck it Bel- Brian and I are both in different por- different places in orbit here uh but yeah it's those little Guldendrock uh bottles like you would get at like I don't know uh pure whatever you know the what are they that that store that always had like beer from around the world yeah uh cost plus Yes, Cus Plus, World Market. <clears throat> I I like this is really clean. It's got a lot of flavor. I'm I'm impressed. Let me read the uh the description of this beer. Dortmund is the city, this is the classic. Uh Dortmund is the city that boasts the largest beer production in Germany. A beer with high extract content that used to be brewed in Dortmund for export and was therefore labeled simply as export. Gained enormous popularity. Baron's Classic inherits its style. This lager with a distinctive character and solid taste offers a splendid balance of bitterness and rich flavor. Normally, I would be like, I'm not, I don't know if I want to br- uh, drink a Dortmund or export from some other country, you know, other than Germany and that has to be fresh. Like, I, I right. would just, I would just be super. I wouldn't trust it. Aware of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and again, it goes back to sort of like, the beer on the shelf, right? I don't know how long this beer has been sitting on this shelf. That's the main, that, you know, the, the travel time is the travel time. You can't do anything about right. that. If you want to experience new beers, you have to step out of that and allow for some variance in that way. But if it's sitting on the, on the, in the, you know, cooler or whatever for two months, five months, eight months, a year, who knows? I, there's no way to know. Um, that's where I, that's where I have a problem with it. And there's like, you know, dates, um, but I don't know. I don't read Japanese, so I couldn't well, tell it you. In, it was brewed in September. That's what I think it is, right? It's 2023 September, and it's best through August of this year. August of this year, yeah. Both of them. So uh, I, so I'm right. I think that this is supposed to be a Dortmunder, a Dortmund export, Dortmunder export. What's the what's yeah, the style it's, here? Well, it's the the style is five C German Hellas export beer, and uh, that is yeah. The, the light, Hellas just means light, and it's they call it export beer. They don't, yeah, it's okay. you know also known as Dortmunder, uh, but developed in Dortmund, and and like they said, it it became really popular after World War II, um, declined after you know in the 1970s, but it's it's getting yeah have had a little resurgence since then with craft beer and people being more knowledgeable about world beer styles, so. Well, it's always kind of been there, and you know, you always see anything with a German, you know, brand and export beer is is going to be along these lines. But yeah, this smells really wonderful. I haven't even taken a sip of it yet, but it's 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 floral and a little perfumey, little little 
spice, but you get a nice little uh, a toasty, you know, grainy malt in there, a little bready. Yeah, I get a little Very minerality clean. to it, like a Dortmunder is supposed to have, but it's not overly mineral, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's I I've pulled up a Baron Brewery on Google Maps, and it's just this yeah. little kind of weird looking brick building. Uh, <laughs> but they've got they've got a copper kettle, uh, a big ass copper kettle. Well, big is mostly they can probably brew about I'm guess like a five barrel system. Uh, but one of these pictures, mm. they've got bags, just big sacks of crisp floor malted uh, malt. Oh, nice! There so you go. lager malt, crisp floor malted lager. Uh, you know, they're getting good ingredients, and they're brewing well here. And I'm not going to get too distracted about their uh, their pictures. I'm, I'm going to stop doing that. Too late. Uh, but, yeah, exactly. Popper is so traditional, too, the, the brewers. That, yeah. They wanna, but, yeah, they're, they're, using, they're using good ingredients, and they have a fascinating a big old copper kettle. Uh, you know, they're, they're making small batches here, but it, it's clear from just drinking this. You know, for a random find at the grocery store, this is yeah. really interesting. Isn't it? You know, the the color's right for a Dortmunder too. You know, it's it's a little mm-hmm. darker than a Pilsner or a Hellas, but it's not dark. I'd say it's like light gold, medium gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the color's right. You know, what is it like the style wise? Like, how would you? How would you? You know, let's do a quick rundown of it because I, I'm I'm just very curious, infinitely curious about this beer and this brewery and 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 how they're doing and how this beer would hold up in a competition all the way from Japan. Yeah. Um, well, judging, you know, the, the thing that you notice the most is the, the, the bitterness and the hops and also that minerality that's letting the, the hops really uh, play off of that. But alongside that, a little more, you know, interesting, characterful malt, a little toasty malt. So it's not playing like a German pills with just the pills um, and, and uh, you know, fairly hoppy, but but without, you know, without as much of the sulfates and, and carbonates and chlorides in the water as you get into Dort. Um, this one really is playing, yeah, like German Hell is export beer. It, it, it works in that, in that, in that uh, territory. Okay. Is it too bitter? I mean, it, it tastes kind of, kind of sharp in that regard. Too yeah, much? It, or is it, it should be fairly, fairly, okay. uh, it can have a, a fair amount of bitterness for sure. And it, um, this is probably on the on the bitter end, even for style. But I don't think it's outside of that. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it's you know it, it's got a, a firm a firm bitterness. We talked about that in the previous show. I, I'd say it's a firm bitterness. I don't know that it's out of style. It's probably, I would say it's maybe toward the upper end of style. But I mean, to me, it's not. It doesn't seem excessive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, it's just there enough to sort of notice. Yeah, exactly. I love their website. Their website is rad. They have like a whole, you can call it like a mission statement. Baron's, mm. Baron's hope. We think mm. that the number of the people who completely understand the broad sense of beer world is not so large in Japan because the image <laughs> and Japanese sense for drinking beer is like, quote, I get a beer for the present or beer just to make toast. We strongly respect the European <laughs> traditional way of beer brewing and handcraft beer with a hundred-year-old and historic equipment imported from Germany. 
We hope Berenbeer to be always beside your days with its clear but opulent and full-bodied rich aftertaste. We, Baron Brewery, hope that all of you and your tables become happy with our Baron beer, which is full of lush and wealthy flavor. I, I love I Japan love so, so much. Good, dude. Yeah, it's so I, I good. love J- Japanese English. It's just the best. Yeah. So it's good beer, right? It's this is uh, you would would you buy this again? Tasting this now, would you go back and would you like get another bottle? It's very clean and like with the resurgence of you know craft lagers after you know IPA took over and everything else. Craft lagers really coming more into into vogue in the last several years, and people really paying attention to the the right way of brewing. There's those craft breweries that you know people get that you know the German equipment and do decoctions and do you know go study in in germany and take the you know the classes over there learn from the brewmasters there and bring it back to a craft brewery wherever japan you know emeryville wherever they might land and (laughs) why emeryville uh wondrous wondrous is doing a good job on their loggers okay and it's like that the guy went to germany learned the shit the right way does it the right way in his brewery, makes fantastic lagers. It's really good craft beer that you want to drink. And it tastes, you know, a lot like what you get when you're in Germany. Yeah, I um, mean, and if if I had to pick nits a little bit, it does taste a little heat, a little raisiny, you know. I think it's a little heat damaged, but that's to be expected. Yeah, and I'm sure if if we were in Japan tasting this at the brew house, oh, it would be a, a different experience. Yeah. I would love that so much, man. Um, but yeah, this the, you could tell that what it was when it was when it was packaged was pretty pretty right, and yeah. you know it's not too damaged by the, the travel, but you can sense you can taste a little, you know, taste a little travel on it. It's it just it gets that little rougher edge sometimes with a a, a lager that has a sub- substantial amount of hops in it. They just get a little harsher as you as you go, and and you know. It's hard to avoid oxygen. It's not going papery or cardboardy or anything, but yeah. And again, I can't imagine that in, especially in our, so this place is, I forget the name of the market, but it's in, it's in Pittsburgh out here and, and probably just kept on the shelves. And, well, yeah. yeah, it's kept in the back for who knows how long until one person yeah. buys it. And then they just can't imagine there's not like a big craft beer loving movement out here you know and i don't know mm-hmm. how like the the asian culture around here is is um uh, you know uh attacking the craft market maybe they're not interested in this maybe they're more into you know other you know just generalized loggers i i don't know so i don't know how quickly the stuff moves but if it's only brewed in september that's pretty it's, that, i think it's pretty really decent fr- it's yeah. not bad yeah so i've you, yeah, Cheers you find that. IPAs, local IPAs on the shelf that that have traveled ten miles to your supermarket. That and tastes worse than this. Ten, yes. twelve months old, and they they've been abused worse. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You so, know what, what's interesting yeah. to me is like the, the Japan, you know, picks this German, you know, to a lot of people, an obscure style, right? Like a Dortmunder export, dude. Absolutely. Uh, but but you know, it's funny. Japan and Korea really have. And I'll just I'll, I'll make this story short. They often have this idea that only the Germans make the best beer. And I'll tell you that this is like so many years ago. It's not like I'm telling anything confidential. My, I had a good friend that pro brew, was a home brewer for a long time. First person I ever knew who brewed beer. He showed me hops in a brown paper bag once, like a whole, whole cone hops. 
like 1989. And I'm like, dude, why are you showing me your weed? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how long ago that this was. He ended up pro brewing for a while in Arizona. And he interviewed for a job in Seoul at a Gordon Beers that was supposed to open there wow. in like the mi- early to mid 90s, mid 90s. It was 30 years ago. I'm not like, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. Yeah. And he was in the top two or three. And yeah. he thought he was going to get it. He, he spoke some Korean. He was he was all excited. And then they told him, no, nah, we had we hired a German because well, the Germans make the best beer. <laughs> oh. So that's Dude. that That was heartbreaking. He, oh, he was just heartbroken. Oh. And he ended up moving to Seoul and he's lived there doing some other stuff for now, like 25 years. Big, big old, big old white dude from Iowa. <laughs> Probably better off, honestly. No, he's he he loves it there. He's never coming back. Yeah, but huh. it, it it's funny because yeah, it's the the stereotypes that people have. It's not just in Japan or Chris everywhere in the world about like oh, good beer comes from X. Right? Well, so, it's marketing. It's yeah, brand exactly. marketing. That's exactly what exactly. It's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Germany is a brand with in certain yeah. circles, depending yeah. on. If they have Oktoberfest. Yeah. They if have all the. They have pornography yeah. or soccer <laughs> or beer. There's a brand for it, and they rank on a yeah, scale. I, I, I really prefer here. poop to stay out of my pornography. But that's. Uh, hey, but I like I like the beer. What can I say? Yeah, that's all you can say, man. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're gonna have to pour you out. Back to Doctor Homebrew. Okay, let's do the Schwartz beer. Let's open this one. So this is the one, uh, honestly, you know, I don't want to say blew me away and, and, and not mean it, but, like, it was very surprised. Hopefully this next bottle, which is brewed again in September, hopefully this is from the same, you know, has the same quality in it because uh, I'll be. Do they have a um, a customer service link on their website? Like, could we email them and say, um, excuse me, can you ask your brewer if he follows the Ryan Heights Um <laughs> We just want to know. Um, you know what? I'm sure they do have a contact. Um, it would it. be it would be nice to get them on the show. Just I don't know, man. Maybe they would. Mainly because they have so many other beers. So they sell a lot of their sample packs through Amazon, but in Japan. I'm like, oh hmm. man, I want I would want I would buy this. So it's on their website. Schwartz used to be drunk mainly in the former East Germany. It was introduced to the world after the reunification of Germany, and now its popularity is on the rise. This dark beer, despite its color, has a smooth texture and crisp finish, making it easy to drink. This is ein Schwarzbier. I mean, it almost tastes like <laughs> like lactose. It's very smooth. Um, there's a little. It's very very smooth. There's a little bit of like roasty at the end, but yeah. not a lot. Maybe too much for the style. I don't know, but it comes off more like pale chocolate malt, like a chocolate malt. So I'm okay with it because it's that. Yeah, it's not burnt. It's just that like yeah. lightly soft, ashy, chocolatey edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the slightest, not really, not really hint of roasty. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Slightest roast hint. I, I agree that it is like maybe a chocolate malt. Kind of just that finish of a chocolate malt. It's not a pale chocolate, but a chocolate chocolate malt. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we always talk about pale chocolate. And pale chocolate is not going to have any roast character. But there is a, a chocolate malt that I love for stouts. 
And this, the the finish on this is reminiscent of that in a way. It's got the roast flavor, but yeah, not the the burnt flavor. So the mm-hmm. it's it, it seems like it, 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 they they likely know what they're doing and use a huskless malt in this. Oh, one hundred percent. You don't you don't make a beer like this and it just like oh, it's just out of dumb luck. In there and, yeah, no, this is very oh, high quality yeah. beer. Yeah. So how does this compare with the style? You want to do the same thing, but the other one? Well, yeah. You know, I I like it when the um when the the roast malt character is a little lighter myself but it is not playing it's not burnt or i would agree with harsh yes i think it's like um it's like but it's very very dark they made it it's a very deep deep brown you can see through it at the corners it's actually very clear it's like um it's like a black ipa right where you know the style is fine but the best styles of black IPA are like no roast or just a tiny, uh, just a little tiny yeah. bit at the end. And like, like back in black, we always talk about two and eggs back in black. It's like the, that's the better, uh, uh, that's the better b- b- black IPA I've ever had. Right. And it's the same kind of thing with this. I prefer it with, with none in there, but this little tiny bit just lets you know that it's there. It's almost like a little bit of signature kind of, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. On the first sip, it's more noticeable. As you keep going, it doesn't bite as hard. So, yeah. And that aroma is so, it's um, like the mash. It's so grainy in a a good way. It's very like, um, like the essence of the, of the mash. It's very clean. Yeah. Yeah. And a very, very dry finish. Um, very dry. So, finish. yeah. Too dry? No. Would you want a little less? No, it, it should be, it should be dry. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fine. It, the sweetness isn't going to be right in this beer. It should be dry. And, and that, you know, if it's the drier it is, probably the more of that, uh, the bitterness from the dark malts that you get. And it's going to linger a little bit more. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, a Schwartz beer, this is a hard style to make, to, to do right, I think. And Americans tend to want to make it roasty. And a roasty Schwartz beer is way out of style. I, I think having that little bit at the end, especially for a Japanese version, is is okay. Just like you're saying for Back in Black, one of the only black IPAs I really enjoy. Yeah, and you know how I love IPAs. I will buy a Back in Black. Yeah, if yes. I if I see it and I feel like that's what I want to drink, I won't do that with another IPA. Just won't happen. This is a five and a half percent, by mm. the way, and the other yeah. one was six. These are both really cleanly lagered. It seems they definitely know what they're doing from a lager perspective. Yeah, and um, yeah, they're getting these nice, nice clean lagers there. It would be really fun to taste there. And just um, get it fresh from the source because these are—they're doing it right. I wonder what people over there think of it. And then obviously, it's made it out into the world and traveled to the, so, to the markets here. So these um, are both all year-round beers, and then mm-hmm. everything else in their lineup. Well, then they have a tr- regular canned beers all year round. They have a Pilsner, uh, something called Innovation Red Lager, and a Lemon Radler. Yeah. So those are all year round. So these are five styles. They're very German. I mean, the the red lager, um, it's a German style red lager with the use of Japanese high quality water. Well, I mean, I would hope. 
no additive or coloring contained. You can feel the rich malty taste. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> yes, absolutely right, brother. Um, but those are really v- very, very different styles that what I would consider the Japanese craft beer market to to be into. You know what I mean? And I don't for well, no reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just I, don't know enough know, about it. I haven't. I have not been able to explore the breadth of of uh, beers brewed in Japan, but there are a lot. And you hear when you talk to people that come back from there, there, there's a, I mean, you see a few of them here and there and you get to taste them here. And sometimes they're not, not quite as, you know, what you might, might hope for. But, um, you know, the, the Japan is actually even mentioned in the, the Schwartz beer, you know, guidelines. It's a, mm. a regional, especially from Thuringia, Saxony and Franconia in Germany served as the inspiration for black lagers brewed in Japan. Wow. Popularity grew after German reunification in 1990. So like what they said on their marketing, it became popular after reunification and, and okay. ventured out into other parts of the world. And what would you give root- this? This is my beer, my, my Schwartz beer. What would you give this? Not, not if it was me, but I, I love it so much. It's my mascot now. Yeah. What would you give if you were, if you were at uh, GABF? It's, it's definitely high thirties. It's cleanly lagered. It's got everything you want. I would say back off on the, the roasty edge and if it was fresher it'd probably be up into the 40s honestly yeah i agree there is a little bit of a little bit of damage you can taste through it but uh everything else is so good it's like 60 80 percent sort of like i can overlook a lot yeah i think that the classic even though it's a little stronger it may be suffered more over the same amount of time Mm -hmm. uh but whereas the schwartz it has enough it's interesting there and there's nothing wrong with it. The packaging is good that they kept oxygen out and it's, it's well done. So it's holding up just a little bit better. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would agree. The, the door might be more like a mid to mid to upper thirties kind of range. And, and okay. this one's up upper, definitely upper thirties as it is. Cool. Easily could get to forties with, with tasting it fresher. I'm sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, cool. Well, you know, I appreciate that, guys. I, I just, I really wanted to, uh, to share these with you and to then sort of, uh, make content out of it. <laughs> it was surprising. Neat, yeah, no, it, yeah. It really surprised. Like what, what the, I saw these in my fridge and they put, yeah, popped in there. I was off doing something and I came, I'm like, what is this barren stuff? Like, Japanese writing? Okay. Yeah. Well, what's JP on to now? Who knows? Nobody but, knows, man. Um, and here's the thing. They're $4 for these. Wow. They're four wow. bucks. Yeah. So I mean, everything at the fucking Asian market is cheaper than shit. So it's like, yeah, um, you know, excellent. But uh, yeah, beer outstanding. And I'm on their website and they're, you know, they're, they make an alt beer. Make a, yeah, a, Rog- a Rogan beer. A my, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the same thing. It's yeah. crazy. My Bach, a, 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 a winter warmer. It looks like they do another Radler chocolate stout, milk chocolate stout, an Uzu wit. Another Rattler with uh, grapes on the Pacific, mm. uh, the Noda Village on the Pacific. Uh, apple lager. I would drink that. A summer hopped lager. Italian Pilsner, of course. Citrus lager. Uh, they do ciders. They do an uzu cider. Jesus Christ, dude. Mm. I would. I'm I going would to Japan out. next year, next fall, or like a year and a half from now. Go here. And when when I go, I need to make. I need to get like a box and ship like a box or two of beer back to us. Yeah. Or the show or whatever, or just get some cans and throw them in my suitcase or or whatever. 
and I'll, I'll bring back some Japanese beers and planning ahead for like late 2025. Do we'll it. do some shows. Yeah. Hmm. I will look forward to that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If we're still on the air. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows, man? Uh, anyway, we'll also, we'll also do an ears up about like Shanghai, Disneyland, and oh, yeah, that'd be Tokyo good. Disneyland, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah, go to earsuppodcast.com. Um, <laughs> please, for the love of God. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. I have another beer to try and then, um, you know, some bullshit to talk about. So hang on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. GrogTag has you covered. Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. GrogTags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Now, back to the examination. Thanks for hanging on, everybody. Okay, we um, we have in our possession a can of beer. And uh, you guys know I've been really been trying to focus on these non-alcoholic beers that are coming out into the market lately. It seems like uh, everywhere. Everywhere you turn, mm-hmm. there's a new non-alcoholic beer. For the most part, I like them. I like fundamentally. I I like what they stand for, um, a sobriety. I guess I don't know. Um, I like the fact that they're trying to uh, essentially expand craft beer into people who don't necessarily want to consume alcohol at the time, and I think it's a really cool thing. So these, these I, I think, uh, non-alcoholic beers, non-alcoholic craft beers are, are sort of a positive movement. Um, and I try every one I can get. That being said, most of them suck. Most of them are awful. Um, and I wanted to get you guys' opinions on this. I'm not going to say anything about it, but this is from a brewery called Groovy. Which is G-R-U with an umlaut, V-I. Uh, and it's a mocha nitro stout. I'm going to follow the directions. Okay, tell me what they are, please. Which say, shake can hard. Oh. Harder okay. than you think. Okay. And, and open. I'm gonna do I it. did not follow those directions. Shake I don't know if this is a joke. But harder than you think. It's a, okay. So this is a nitro beer. Yeah. So let's see. It's, let's see. It shouldn't explode on us. It's not not CO2. So we're wow. shaking the can. I mean, it got a. Oh, there it goes. Hello. Yep. Oh, and then, but then you turn oh. it a second direction. Turn can completely upside down and pour for best results. Oh well, I didn't do that. So, well, step two, get a glass, JP. Yeah, well, I didn't do that either. I, look, I'm a direction follower. You didn't read me all the directions. It's your fault. Come over and clean this up. Okay, here, I'll, I'll, oh, I just spilled it on my keyboard. Here we go. Hands upside down. I'm just going to fill this, but okay. <laughs> but like all over I'm ruining my, my keyboard for this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, when you taste the beer, <laughs> you're really going to be pissed off. <laughs> Thanks, JP. Oh, man. 
I, I love gonna, non-alcoholic beer in spirit, but uh, it is so hard to do. It is so hard to find a, a good one. Tell. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We'll we'll keep yammering <laughs> on here. Shar, wh- where's yours? You got one yet? I got my. I poured mine in my kitchen. I did not follow directions or bring the can <laughs> yeah. out here. I just poured it and I'm drinking it. Right, I'm drinking it right now. What do you think? You know, I let me give first my pros. I love that it, it comes across well attenuated. It's not cloying or sweet, and that's a problem that a lot of non-alcoholic beer has. That it comes across kind of over under attenuated, worthy, just not not great. So I, I love that it's. It's not worthy or or sweet, right? I agree. It's it's not very carbonated. You can tell. You open up that can, and it's a big hiss. But it's like all the nitrogen comes right out. There's no widget in there that I can tell, like you know, a Guinness or something might have. So I think they can it with a lot of nitrogen, and you pop that top, and you get a. All the nitrogen rushes out, <laughs> and I think you get a little bit of that that head, but the head goes away real fast. You know, it's it's not super hoppy. There is a lot of roast to it. There's definitely some mocha character. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I prefer I prefer Guinness zero point zero for an NA stout. Yeah, I would agree. But, I would. But agree. I like. But I like the fact that it it's it's credibly a beer-like beverage that probably gets within like 80-90% of what beer should be without having alcohol. So I, in general, I, I, you kind of sound the dismissive of it, but I think it's pretty decent. Okay. Very good. (laughs) Cooper, how's it going over there, man? Your keyboard? You still be a keyboard warrior tomorrow? I think so. All right. Yeah. I need to replace the batteries, but, uh, that's not because of the dumping. <laughs> yeah, um, well, so yeah, there's something a little sharp in the nose that's bugging me a little bit about the beer. It doesn't smell like it's going to be a sweet, warm, like mocha stout. All, you get a little roast, and that's about it. I'm not okay. getting a lot of chocolate in the nose. It didn't pour with a very big head, uh, even despite all my efforts to shake the hell out of it and, and dump it upside <laughs> you, down. You shook it harder than you thought? Almost ruined my <laughs> keyboard. I really did, and I opened it here with reckless abandon. And <laughs> it wasn't yeah. because of that that it spilled. It was just sloppy pouring. I didn't have a big enough glass. It's pouring it into like a goblet here that's not... Uh... But anyway, uh, it didn't throw up too massive of a head. And it doesn't have a widget in the can, which might help its case. Um, but if this was, you know, served on draft with a proper nitrogen system, you could get that cascading nitrogen is like rich, you know, um, smooth, velvety uh, finish with those fine bubbles. There are some fine bubbles here on the, the very top. It's not the head didn't just immediately dissipate like some NA beers will. Um, like the NAIPA, I just drank that rarely ever forms a head, and if it does, it goes away in 10 seconds. Um, this one still has a little something wispy on the top, yeah, a little bit on the, the collar around the glass. So, yeah, from all uh, from all angles, it looks like a normal I agree with beer. Brian, it's not horrible, but it's not something that I would want to drink a lot of. 
I like it better than some yeah. brands of of NA. Yes, but less than others. Because um, a lot of beers, a lot of NA beers will come off as wort like. Yeah, and this doesn't have that. But on their website, no, they say uh, groovy beers are brewed. You uh, by the way, this is a brewery out of Denver, hmm. and from what I can tell, they're not just like a a, a brand. They actually have like a, a facility. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. It's different already. Uh, Groovy beers are brewed using a process called arrested fermentation. It's this second part that bugs me, which stops the brewing process before alcohol is produced. And I don't know what that means. Can you guys figure that out? (laughs) Because I don't, this doesn't mean anything. It's not, I mean, it stops the brewing process. Like, so I'm, I'm doing some work for Jamil. Uh, I went back to their very first Q&A episode with Bamforth, uh, like November 09 or something like that. And Bamforth is talking about non-alcoholic beers. And he goes, there's basically two ways to do it. Either you don't. And um, and this is before like enzymes and before like White Labs has that yeast out and whatever, obviously, right? This is almost, what, 20 years ago? No, over, no, anyway, whatever. You do the math. Um and he's like, basically, there's two ways to do it. One, you 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 just don't brew, you don't add yeast. It's just wort, mm-hmm. and those can come taste like wort, and you know you sterilize it or whatever, so nothing grows, and it just kind of like is what it is, and whatever. And the other is to uh, under pressure drive off the alcohol, but that usually kind of fucks with the uh, the flavors. You because you push off all the, a lot of those flavors. Fermentation will create different flavors, different mouthfeel even, too, in that beer. So you sort of need a fermentation process to take place in order to get it to be, to even feel like a beer in your mouth. Um, and I was thought maybe like a blend of those two would be good. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, so I, I don't know what that means. Stopping the brewing process before alcohol is produced. I mean, what do they pitch yeast and then just like crash well, the, it? I don't know. Two, two seconds is- later, they kill it. Right. 0.5%. So they they stop it when it gets to 0.4 something. Mm. My guess would be that they've got a lot of, there's a lot of like roast type flavors in here. And if you have a lot of the the flavors and you have maybe not a ton of base malt and you stop your process at 0.5, which is your the threshold for NA? Maybe that's what they mean. Maybe they can ferment out like half a percent of something from dark malt. And I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm thinking on the fly here about yeah. what you would do. I don't know either. I mean, well, no. What, so yeah, what they do is they have low attenuating yeast strains that are maltose negative or maltotriose negative or both, and they. Only attenuate down a certain amount. So you start with a fairly low gravity, then you go to a slightly lower gravity that mm-hmm. makes a little bit of alcohol. It goes through a fermentation, but only ferments those odd sugars that are, you know, mm. uh, the simplest sugars and not the maltose or, you know, okay. um, or complex sh- uh, sugars that, that regular yeast can go through and lives on and that's their mainstay you know and and that's what you know mainly is in uh, a word so they get it up to that 0.3 0.4 whatever it ends up at 
okay. where it's it's fermenting out. It it's going to taste more like a regular beer. And this does it doesn't have that wordy thing. Yeah. Are they ever gonna taste exactly bit. like no. you know, a regular beer? You know, no, but and are you know, are there pros and cons of the ones that just remove the alcohol too? Yeah, that's that's a different thing. Yeah. And sometimes those will come across as being watery or, you know, too light or too, you know. Well, I, I but think yeah, with those, like if you're going to do that, you need to manipulate the recipe to cover for that or counter those acts. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and no, no matter what they do, they're always going to have to play with the recipe to make it work yeah. and play like a beer. Yeah. Know? But you're right. It's never going to be. It's like a uh, tofurkey. It's like, are you, are you ever going to be able to fool anybody that mushrooms or tofu is really chicken or whatever? No. But if you don't think about it too hard and you accept the fact that it's never going to be the same, it's, it's you know, it is what it's it is. Later protein, on, they say yeah. the ingredients are all the same, but the alcohol is not. Hmm. Oh, and no, I'm sorry. Uh, our brewing process still utilizes malted grain, hops, and a form of fermentation. Ah. Uh... Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that mean? What is a form of fermentation? I want to know. I think there's just creative marketing to say that they don't ferment it all the way. It's a form of fermentation that doesn't ferment all the way to over (laughs) 5.5%. Okay. All right. That's fair. I'll stop picking on it. Yeah, I don't know. I I tasted it. I was like, I mean, for me, this doesn't taste too wordy, but it does taste a little cardboard. And I don't know if that's just the process. Um, I'm sure it's a fine, it's a fine beer, but it's not, it's not one that I would like actively go, man, I really want a beer, but I don't want the alcohol. I'm going to have this because there's, there is some, there are some flavors in there that I'm not really hip on. I don't really, you know, I'd rather have a Heineken double zero or something like that. Mm -hmm. But even those, even those, which I really love, even those have their off things too. So it is just sort of, it well, is, the, yeah, the, the it, Heineken it and the Guinness, they're, they're 0.0. The, somehow they just completely brew their beer and remove the alcohol or, or you know, or osmosis it out of there or some, something or yeah. other. I think some of them, it's like a filtration process so that too. just selectively removes the alcohol. And yeah. that's all it does without adding oxygen, without having to heat it up or boil it or, or um, distill out the alcohol, which is just going to destroy some of the flavors that you have there after you brew a beer yeah. and finish it you should keep it cold and yeah the, i think that that those you know really special and expensive for uh, um filtration methods of doing it um i'm not familiar as familiar as i i should be with all the different ways of doing it but well but there's no uh, reason yeah. like you, you said there's like a number of different ones heineken you know removes alcohol they're like, not gonna no tell us yeah, yeah. Right. i mean yeah. like you're right there's there it's it's some level of fermentation or uh, filtration probably with uh, some pressurizing where the alcohol gets driven off and it's yeah. like you know it's just some combination but of that with for, enzymes and shit like that yeah for breweries that don't have all of that specialized equipment and the brand backing that you know, Guinness or Heineken have and are still trying to make something that tastes like a beer and is enjoyable. And, you know, how fresh is this? I don't know. Is there a date on the can? No. This one says 2807 to 24. So I imagine that's best before, yeah, uh, the 28th of, of July. So it's within its date, and that's fine. It gives itself at least... <laughs> 
half a year from now if it was just immediately put out. So it's probably yeah, but it's been on probably on the shelf for several months already. I would guess too. Yeah. But yeah, and you know what's the shelf life for non-alcoholic beers? You know, I wonder do they put it out at nine months, eight months, or whatever? Like this, the Japanese beers they put they don't because in general you can assume a six month, but theirs is yeah. almost a year. You know, it it says a drink before oh eight. 24 yeah. but it's brewed 0923 who knows who knows how how old it is could be six months old by now yeah. it, it probably is that's you that's know. pretty common close to a year yeah i'm not worried about it yeah, yeah i don't know I, I i i do like these little seggies i i like uh finding little stuff in the wild and uh bringing them and dragging yeah. them kicking and screaming into this show because <laughs> um you know maybe someone else is looking for it mm-hmm. or um you know i think it's a cool I think it's a cool part of the industry, and I and I I'm want to embrace to this, it. Uh, the Schwartz Me beer. too, brother. That's <laughs> yeah. so good. Like, no offense to Groovy and whatever, and I really appreciate the thing they're doing. They have a, a lot of product line. So if you're if you're looking for other stuff like wine and shit like that, um, you know, check it out. It it is an interesting beer. Buy some, take it to your homebrew club, pass it around, take it to yeah. your tasting groups or whatever, and uh, and check it out because you know the Mocha Nitro Stout. That's why I got it right. Because it's not just like, yeah. oh, here's a fucking stout. But they're trying to put like- other flavors on it, try to put a spin on it to try to make it a little more beer-like. And and I think we need to be encouraging that a lot as consumers. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the, the, the pandemic hit us and people, you know, started drinking a little more than they should. But there's there's been, yeah. you know, a, a, a more of a movement over the last couple few years towards, you know, uh, just responsible you know uh thoughtful you know mindful drinking knowing yes. what controlling it knowing what you're putting in your body okay i'm going to have this six percent alcohol beer and i'm just going to have the one and that's what i'm doing and you know I, i'll start out with an na and you know a lot of people have shifted their their drinking habits others haven't and they're fine other people just don't you know it's everybody has care. uh if you know i tell what you you're, putting into your body and why you're doing it and you're in control of that. That's fine. You know, if it's a social thing and you're, you know, enjoying yourself and, and, uh, not getting out of control, not driving after having, you know, too many beers. Well, not driving too far. I mean, anything within town is probably okay, but you know, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you can only yeah. see double for so long and then you're home and that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, man, the, the, there's, there seems to be a lot more articles coming out about what alcohol actually does to your brain and your body over time. And, uh, you know, it always makes me think like I've probably been drinking most nights a week f- since I've been 21 or whatever, you know, yeah. and uh, with very few long exceptions. And, and I re- realizing that, I'm doing it because it's it's there. Like I like the taste of beer. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy it. But for the most part, and I mean maybe 60%, 50% is because like I have a good beer in there and man, I bet that would taste good. Not cuz I want to taste a beer or want to drink a beer or I feel like a beer. It's just it's it exists, so I'm going to do it. And that's not good. So I'm really trying to you know, like before this I hadn't had a beer since I don't know. Uh, Friday, I had I did a, a show for um for ears up our Patreon only. Go to patreon.com slash ears up <laughs> and uh, help me help me pay my bills. Um, but that's the last time I drank a beer or had anything. Now, yeah. now today's Wednesday, so it was what five days ago. You beat me by I a day. Fine yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel a... fine about it. Like I'm not doing it for any reason or whatever. It's just like I don't feel like it, and that's okay for me. I can be me. It's fine. 
Anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't do uh, the, the TikTok thing, but I guess the one thing that has become somebody on TikTok popularized is the, instead of doing a dry January, just do one week, no booze, like in a, in the month. And you can choose whatever week it is. And then, you know, choose yeah. in February, I'm going to not drink this week. And, you know, and then here's what my therapist would say. She would say, um, check in with yourself. Ask yourself, do I really want a beer? If, if I do, why? Do I really want it or it's because it exists? Okay. And then make that decision there. Because you make that decision, like you just said, basically, it's like as long as you're making the decision because of a valid reason, not because of social yeah. pressures or because you're bored, then, then that's okay as long as you accept that. That's my therapist. Let's take a quick break, everyone. We're going to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up this weird fucking show. So hang tight. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. All right. Sick. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. If you've made it this far, you're a fucking champ, dude, and I appreciate you very much. <laughs> also, if you're in Japan, uh, Baron, B-A-R-B-E, fucking motherfucker, B-A-E-R-E-N. Also known as the plural for bears in Germany. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, speaking of uh, Japan, Barry from our last show, he said he was going to Japan this year. I think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna make him go see oh, if nice. he can go here. Yeah, or, or or find their beers or whatever. This is. What yeah, if they have NA there? Yeah, they yeah. must. I mean, they have. I would. I, yeah, I would guess. I don't know. I think drinking's too big, too much of a cultural thing there. But I I don't know. Actually, I, I don't know. I'm assuming. I'm being oh. stereotypical for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good beers. Um, Uh-oh, what happened? Well, if you so here's the other thing about what I was saying earlier. If yeah. you if you don't drink for one week, oh yeah, 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 Sorry. per month, yeah, 
over the course of the year, it adds up to three months that you're not drinking. Mm. And then if you, you know, if you, even if you add um, days to that, like, okay, you know, I don't drink every night. I'll have take a couple of nights off a week or three nights out or whatever it might be. That adds up to even more, like another couple, a couple months on top of that or so. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, and so if you total it up, it's like almost half the year with not drinking. And that's giving your you know, body your a break and everything else. Yeah. That's substantial. Yeah. Doc and would probably, go, do, I remember yeah. Doc would go a month. He would try 30 days just randomly or six yeah. weeks or whatever just to do a, a, a cleanse. But he needed it because he would be like an every night, you know, guy and you get fucking wasted because he was brewing Belgian triples and shit like that. And he's just like drink four or five. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know. I just I want to have my cognitive function. You know, like I'm working on my body and working my fitness. Right. And like trying to be right. able to be mobile when I'm 80. And I also want to be a, like, like aware semi of what's going on when I'm at that age as well. You know what I mean? So um, nice. that's my thing. I don't know. That's just me. Well, yeah. And, and weight wise too, if you, you, you can lose like three or four pounds without thinking about it. If you take a couple of weeks off drinking yeah. and just eat kind of the same. Yeah, it's, for uh, sure. Absolutely. I'm all, a lot so of calories. I went to Sprouts, which if, I don't know if you have a Sprouts where you mm-hmm. guys are, but it's like a Trader Joe's, but or it's yeah, like it's, uh, it's like, like Whole Foods. Yeah, it's like Whole Foods, but you know, scaled down to a reasonable thing, but it's still kind of expensive. Um, you went to that one in Brentwood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, but it's uh, you know, I'm so I'm going there looking for mushrooms. Speaking of fucking TikTok, I found this <laughs> dickhead <laughs> online <laughs> who uh, he's like doing meatless he's like doing like vegan meals or meatless meals and he's replacing meat with um mushrooms like a uh, lion's mane or uh king oyster mushrooms or whatever and like king oyster mushrooms you, like take a fork and you shred them up like lengthwise and you put like carnitas seasoning on them and you crisp them up pretty crispy and you put them on tacos and you, you don't fucking ever know you'll never know and they're super healthy for you anyways so I'm going there looking for that shit. And they have like a little kiosk of a bunch of non-alcoholic wine and uh, cocktails. Non-alcoholic canned cocktails are kind of the shit because you don't have any of the problems you have with like a beer, right? Where you know they're right. not going to really taste the same, but that's fine. You can sort of get around that. Um, but that yeah, this can just taste good. Right, they can still taste good, and, and you can like, add some alcohol. You can add some sharpness from other ways. So there's one called Improv, which is the dumbest fucking name. But the drink is good, and it's basically like juice. And then they even say it's a tropical mai tai because I had to I had to try that. And they basically say like you can also add booze if you want to, but if not, it's just like a non-alcoholic cocktail, and it tastes fucking great. Right, and a lot of them will load up with like B vitamins and stuff. And they're actually yes. healthful and like you right. know antioxidants and whatnot and it's you know well, way better than there's this me. one uh here i need to look it up um there's this yeah, one i think the brand is called like af and which you know whatever <laughs> um and it's a non-alcoholic wine um here let me see there we go and um they haven't canned it's a rosé is the one I got because um, I like rosé a lot. Uh, rosé is fucking delicious, and they ha- and they have this stuff in there called um, Afterglow, which is supposed it's like herbs and stuff supposed supposed to yeah. give you that warming sensation of a of alcohol. I don't know that it does that, but it's the best. It is the best non alcoholic wine, which I haven't had a lot of, but it's the best non alcoholic wine I've ever had. It tastes great. 
and most what, of them are are terrible. Most of them are terrible. But this is actually really very good. And they have like a lot of they have Paloma and they have an Aperol Spritz yeah. and they have a whole bunch of shit, right? But um, the uh, the free AF is what it's called, which I really don't like. But uh, the rosé is really good, man. And so what I did is we had some tart cherry juice, or no, Taryn had some kombucha. Uh-huh. And and so what I did is I just splashed a little bit in my in the glass of this rosé, and it changed everything because the, and then I realized the problem with this non-alcoholic rosé is that it's missing that tartness, it's missing that bite oh, yeah. Yeah. that you get with a rosé, that crispness, and so you just you fucking add just anyway, doing a lot of that. So if you are trying to be non-alcoholic for a little bit, like there's definitely tricks you got to do right. to to make yourself oh, feel yeah. that way. And, 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 and frankly, like like a lower pH is going to improve. Like especially for a non-alcoholic beverage, you need to have a lower pH for food safety. Like anything mm-hmm. over five, you're going to run into issues with the FDA and maybe making people sick because you need to have that under five pH. Uh, yeah, I guess if you're if you're full pasteurizing, it's not as big of a deal. But if you're not, it's got to be really got to be under five. And mm-hmm. really, you kill two birds with one stone that way. Is you get that the acidity down. So you make it more food safe, and then you also kind of emulate, especially with wine, that that bite that you want. Yeah, and white wine in particular, you get that that acidic bite that tells your brain that you're drinking alcohol when you're not. Yeah, yeah. We we actually bought some a non alcoholic bourbon over the holidays, and, and interesting. Um, it's called uh, Free Spirits, and um, we made. Uh, some non-alcoholic old fashions. You just buy non-alcoholic old fashioned mixer, and there are some that have alcohol, others that don't. Just what read the label and mix them, and you know, it it had a bite to it. It it, it was an enjoyable beverage to taste for sure. And uh, mm. the bottle was actually not cheap, and it looks like it's a substantial thick bottle. You can you know find it at Bebmo or Total Wine or whatever. And just, but yeah, it was. Interesting to taste something like that. It's like, okay, what do they do here to make it? It's like, okay, <laughs> I can see what they're going for. It's got, you know, yeah. some wood, wood-like flavor and some uh, like kind of a spiciness that emulates a little bit of alcohol. I tell you, I've, I've had of some of those gin one. Like I've had two non-alcoholic gins and they yeah. do not taste good. Yeah. So I'd be curious yeah. to, to go the other way. Cause I think that there's, you know, with a lot of gin, I, I, I'm guessing it sort of overload the botanicals. To kind of yeah. cover for anything or make it, you know, oh, we got it really, or yeah. maybe the distillation process or the removal of the alcohol sort of concentrates those, the way you're not really supposed to cook with IPA kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to try uh, something else. So, like, in the in that rosé, they have this, it's a trademark thing called Afterglow, and they say it's a 100% natural botanical extract sourced from New Zealand that mimics the pleasant warmth of alcohol. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. These little tricks, man. Okay, if you want to be on the show, everybody, and get us off the topic of non-alcoholic beers for some reason, uh, why would you want to? I don't know. You can email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. This is four Ys bracketed on either side. Um, yeah, no, really, it's not at all. But uh, Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. With an I. Brian with yeah. an I. And we, we'll get you in here. We'll get you on the show. We'll love <laughs> on you. We'll squeeze you. We'll hug you. And uh, maybe more. I don't know. It depends if you're... Drink your beer. Depends if you're local. It's that on-the-spot feedback that you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> That's I right. mean, what other podcast where you'll actually drink your beer and talk to you about it 
It's the only one. care about listening to your recipe and helping you improve your beer. That's right. The only one. You give the love, you know. Cooper, really a- you, got any br- you got any shows going on, dude? People in the Bay Area can go watch you play the guitar? Um, yeah. Do a little plug, man. Let's do some plugs real fast. <laughs> We're playing at McKay's Beer Garden in, in Pleasanton on the 24th of February in the oh. evening. So... And also playing at uh, Bottle Taps on February 10th with the trio, Bottle Taps in Pleasanton, with it, which has an right. awesome selection of uh, beer, mead, and cider, and, and also some NA, if you like. Oh, do they or really? See, this craft, is what I, craft, this uh, is what I think. Every fucking bar worth their salt should have at least one non-alcoholic version. They should just get NA Heineken. Make it super simple, or you can go athletic brewing, which is my favorite craft one. Put it on. Put it in can. Yeah. Charge whatever the fuck you want. But have that option. Please have that option for people. It's nice to have. And, yeah, yeah sometimes you're just like, okay, I'm not drinking this week. I'm gonna, I still want to go to my ale house. I'll be like, oh, they have a selection of absolutely. stuff. I'll, I'll have one of those this time. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Char, what about you? Where's your band performing? <laughs> my band is performing at, at my house now I, I wish i was talented <laughs> enough to have even a hint of a band if you have patent or trademark needs uh check it check me out at www.crosspondlaw.com be happy to help you out we've actually been doing a lot of foreign origin trademark in the last couple of months which has been pretty cool i have like three clients in switzerland nice. uh just it's weird maybe because my last name is swiss and like I'm like like most people of immigrant descent for any long any period of time. I'm sure I'm a mix of like fifteen different whatever. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But like my my dad's family and like my last name is like it's Swiss. And there's actually this is hilarious. There is in if you look at, if you go to like Shar.com, it's some gluten free food company, Doctor Shar. Uh, it's it's fucking hilarious. It's like what the fuck is this stuff? Uh, but maybe it makes them feel like I'm one of them because they think like they go to the grocery store. Yeah, and there's all these dumb. racks of Dr. Shar gluten-free, whatever. <laughs> so, Hey, whatever it, it keeps, keeps people coming in the door. And that, that's a good thing. I tell you, I, I'm very much a fan of, if your name sounds Greek, I'm already a fan of yours <laughs> already. <laughs> I, I speak, I speak none of Greek, you know, walk in, walk into the Greek restaurant, go, yes, us. And then that's about it. And they go, Oh, you speak Greek. And no, I just know like, what's up. And then cheers. Uh, and then yeah. I can count the five. Like that's it. But yeah, I'm, I'm big. like a Shari Oglavu. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I know of Shar, there's a Shar who plays for Newcastle United, and I see that. And I really? Go, oh, it's Brian Shar. Oh well, I did not know that. I have to check that guy out. Yeah, no, don't. He's not. He's probably like a twelfth cousin or some shit. Yeah, dude, that would be sick. All right, buddy, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you very much for listening to this uh, throwaway episode of Doctor Homebrew. I hope you got some information out of it. It was not beer judging, but uh, it's a good man, episode. We had some good it was beers. Something. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I'm gonna finish these uh, barren beers. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you every much, every fairy buddy. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Send us a few good beers.